You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Packernet After Dark podcast. I do apologize for not getting one out yesterday. We are so far behind. Um, I really can't afford to be missing episodes. So I will do my best to get through these. I really do appreciate the calls. Tend to slow down as the week goes on. So please keep them coming because we will get caught up. 608-501-0718 is the phone number. With that said, let me do a quick scan. Make sure that we don't have any new callers. If we do, we'll start with that. If not, we're just going to rewind. Go to the beginning. And start from the top, and that's what we're going to do. This is from Monday at 10.52, just if we're curious how far behind I am. You know what? I was wrong. I do have something else to say. All right, Garrett. You look at Green Bay sideline, and I think I spoke to this several weeks back about how I felt like LaFleur just is like just a white page. There's no emotion sometimes with him. It's just not fiery enough. Um, and I look at Washington's side, and you see – Scary Terry catching those passes, and albeit it was a really, really good pass that he caught against Jair. I think Jair couldn't have been any playing any better defense against him on that pass. It was just a really good pass and catch. But that guy was fired up. He was fired up, and this team that he's playing for is not a good team. Yeah, it's not a good team. But that guy had fire, and he was playing to win. And I just don't see any emotion from our offense like that when guys make plays. I just don't see it other than the silly first down chop that you see some of these guys do when they score, when they get a first down. It's like, act like you've been there before, but for crying out loud, show some emotion. It just, it, there's just nothing there. There's no fire. There's no fire. Have a good one, Ryan. Yep. Uh, no, I, I agree. This is not 2018 bad. I will say that, but it is a similar issue. And I mean, there's so many issues, right? I, I don't want to overstate any one because it makes it sound like, oh, you think that's the, the sole issue. Of course not. Same when I talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? He's a huge issue primarily because of his position, right? Even if he's, you know, only 2% of the problems by virtue of him being quarterback that gets elevated to 20%, right? Matt LaFleur, same thing. You know, he's doing everything basically right, but he's getting this one piece wrong, and it's massive. Um, 
But I, I mean, everybody, the drops and everything else, it's all a big issue. But but I do think this is one of them. Uh, I played that clip a couple days ago. I don't remember if it was Packernet or Packernet After Dark, but it was the Carolina Panthers who have absolutely nothing to play for, absolutely nothing to care about. The ownership has basically said we're giving up on the season. They fired Matt Rule, the head coach. They shipped off their best player, the the one of the most elite running backs we've seen in you know a generation. He's I'm not saying he is the, but he's he's in that conversation for sure. If he hadn't been injured so much, especially the last couple of years, um, he, I mean he's he's been incredible, um, and yet they rally right and and you know their quarterback goes down and PJ comes in their, their backup I think it's their backup backup I don't even know exactly where he came from but they put him in and and you know it's just they just play with such fire and such passion and you you hear it in the locker room and you just think you got dude it's one win you guys are still gonna suck nobody likes you that this team is gonna ship you off I mean half you guys aren't gonna be here when they get new leadership in here because you suck no you know no offense but it's it is what it is but for whatever reason, they believe in something and they're fighting for it. And yeah, we we do see that with Washington. And it's like Washington has nothing to gain from this. You know, you're no good. But it doesn't matter. They just have this sense of pride and and fire. And there's you know there's there's glimmers of that for sure in Green Bay. But it does feel a little more 2018 ish in terms of like this is just the expectation. You know, I talked about one of the negatives of being a Packer fan for me is that. Winning is the expectation. Aaron Rodgers was asked about this, and he says, no, he doesn't agree. But but it does seem like the team reacts that way. A positive play is the expect. That's, you know, and, and they talk about that. That's the standard. And I think that's fair in terms of, like, you know, we expect to be good. But the problem is, as you pointed out, the result of that mentality is that when you get that first down, when you do that thing, that's just the baseline expectation. So there's nothing good about making a good play. You're just doing your job. But if you don't do the right thing, you're a piece of garbage and you shouldn't be playing. That's the the quote from our quarterback. And and again, I don't disagree. And and I don't disagree with any of this. I'm just saying this is seemingly the mentality of of the team. And, and I think this is a negative consequence of that. I think it's positive overall to say this we are the freaking Green Bay Packers, right? We don't celebrate first downs because that's nothing. We don't celebrate minor victories. We don't we don't celebrate nine win seasons we don't celebrate you know whatever that's that's fine in theory I'm, I'm just saying like everything else eventually it becomes a problem you know it's just like the the good coach bad coach thing there's nothing inherently good about one style it's just a matter of one starts to get old and when it does it runs its course and you, you just you just have to switch I don't know the solution to the problem but I but I do recognize what you're saying um, teams with nothing to gain, teams with much less talent, much less whatever than we have. You know, again, Taylor Heineke, just watching him play, standing in the pocket, throwing as he's getting hit, just completing these passes. I mean, he's playing like it's the Super Bowl. Like this, this is his life depends on it. And the Packers just kind of feel like they're going through the motions, like they're just trying to execute plays. You know, like we're trying to do this thing, and now oh, it didn't work. And it's like, well, you were supposed to. You know, zig when you just freaking zag, and I told you, and everything is so cerebral. And um, again, I'm I'm not even really saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it seems as though there there is some kind of a I don't I don't know I don't know, but it's it's just becoming a problem is all. And again, I don't know the solution. I, I really don't at this point. Um, 
I know the team is close on so many facets, and I know this team is talented in every capacity, in, in every area. But for whatever reason, it's not coming together. It's not gelling. The guys aren't ready. They're not motivated. They're not, you know, like Roger says, a, a bad day used to be like seven mistakes in a game, and we're making double digits upwards of 20 now, which is unheard of. And it's so plainly obvious just when you watch it. Like, what? These guys run the wrong route. This, you know, a fumbled handoff, a... a a bad throw, a muffed punt. It's just and it's just constant. You almost expect it every single play. A missed block, you know, and missed badly. Like you just never accounted for him, and he came free. There isn't a single series that that doesn't happen. And it's uh, again, it, it, am I going to come down on the team and say the team is trash? Well, it's hard to say. Based on the result, it's trashy. It just it just feels like it doesn't need to be, you know. And um, you know, there there is that element of if if a switch gets flipped, and I don't know how that happens, but I think it's in what you're talking about, Garrett. It's somewhere mixed in this motivation, somewhere mixed in this this leadership, motivation, drive, desire thing that that just isn't there. But if for some reason that gets flipped, and I don't know what that would be, I think we're a good football team. But I also have very low expectations that that happens. But I But I, I'll say this. Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers need to treat this game like it's the Super Bowl. And I mean that. I remember Matt Nagy's first year in the NFL. He played the Green Bay Packers, I think, week one. And they pulled out every single stop. They pulled out, you know, usually you kind of hide some of your trick plays until later in the season, especially the postseason. They pulled out every single trick play that they that, that guy ever knew. This was, you know, like week one or whatever, but it was it was their Super Bowl. We're going to come out. We're going to win. They didn't. It was close, but they didn't. I think the Packers need to do that here. Everything is on the table. I'm I'm talking, you know, we're talking to Rich Passaccia, like, let's get a, a fake punt ready to go. You know, an onside kick or something just, just you know, to start the game or, or whatever, you know. I mean, that's probably a bad idea. But I'm just saying, you know, every little thing that we've been saving, there's nothing to save it for. If you want to spark, this is it. We're going to beat the Buffalo Bills. And every single person in this room knows we have the talent to do it. You know we have the talent to do it. If we can just focus, if we can just execute, and I'm talking players, coaches, everybody, the coordinators, the stat guys, the friggin' nutritionists and water boys and girls. If everybody is on their game, we got this. And we are gonna we're pulling out every single stop. We're gonna shock the freaking world and we're going to not just play it close, we're gonna beat them. If this is just any old week to them and, and they're just gonna try to, you know, just try to execute and we're gonna run our offense and da da da. If nothing else, that's something to fight for, you know? Again, you got to find, and all this stuff is fake. Again, the, the Carolina getting all hyped and motivated, it was all fake. It doesn't mean anything. Again, half those guys are more than half. They're all getting shipped off. They're not wanted. PJ, whatever his name is, is never going to be a, a quarterback in the NFL. The, their interim head coach, he's been a head coach. He's not a massively desired guy. I mean, if they go on a little mini run, maybe he'll get that Rich Bisaccia flair. It's not going to do anything because, again, it's all it's all predicated on the surroundings around him. You can't just go manufacture that somewhere else. It's fake, but fine. Give him something fake to to cling to. Play the Play the underdog card. But we do need to see the fire. We need to see the passion. We, we need to, 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 I don't know, to, to see that. Hey, Ryan, it's uh, Cole again. Hey, Cole. Uh, I called for the first time yesterday. Um, Cole is from Illinois. I don't know why I'm talking about myself in third person. Um, By the way, I have you down as Colt. 
and I don't know how to edit this from my computer. So if I call you Colt, it's just one of those things, man. Don't take offense. I find it funny. I know some people are probably offended by it. Whatever. I'm I'm a I'm a douche. Yeah, I live in Illinois. I go to a, uh, a university in Illinois. Okay. Um, and man, it is terrible to be a Patrick fan. Yeah. Um, like today, I'm walking on the quad and I see tons of people wearing, you know, Bears jerseys, Justin Fields. Yeah. You know, classic Brian Urlacher and all those, all that stuff. And I just I hate my life every time because they will look at me wearing anything Packers. And laugh at me because we lost to the Commanders, and I'm like, dude. Not only did you also lose to the Commanders, yep. you also lost to the Giants, and you lost to us. So what does that say about your franchise? Yeah, I'm 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 so upset that they beat the Patriots, and um, I mean everything in football feels like it's been bad. Like I I just have not watched a game that's made me feel good in a really really long time. And the Bears beating the Patriots was just an absolute blow. But they are convinced that it's you know again because they're Bears fans that. Like that was the turning point, and now they're a really good team, and they're going to beat everybody, and they're clearly better than the Packers now. And I don't know, maybe there's some truth that I, it's so hard to tell, but it's just we need to get some semblance of normalcy back because you are going to just suffer until until they get smacked in the mouth. And shame on the Patriots for losing to that garbage franchise. Um, I mean, it was so bad they're benching their starting quarterback and everything. Yeah. I don't even know who they play next week, but I, I do feel bad. I, I grew up in Illinois in the 90s, and uh, the Packers didn't lose to the Bears, like, ever. So it was never really a big deal. I probably display. I mean, I I got told Packers suck, but it was from people who knew full well that they absolutely didn't. So I can't really imagine. I don't even like going on social media. And just, I'm not even engaging with them. I've had a couple people seek me out because that's just how they roll. Um, I've never actually done that, but... Again, it's like I, I don't want to engage because at this, on some level they're right. You know, I ran my mouth that we're better than them. As of right now, they're playing better than us. What am I supposed to do? I'm not going to go out there and defend what the Packers are putting out on the field. So they're going to take a dig at me. I'm just going to take it like a man. That's all I can do. Now, occasionally I would take some swipes. You know, if somebody comes at me and says something with a Justin Fields jersey on, that would be my comment. Really? You're going to say that with that jersey on? You're going to talk to me? about bad football play with that. That dude is trash, man. <laughs> I take a couple swipes because they're obviously a terrible team, but I mean, that's the, on some level, that's just the reality that we're in right now. You know, um, we are fans of a team that is starting to look like one of the worst in football. And we got to just for now own that and just hope and pray that something changes soon. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, how my life goes on a week-to-week basis. Um, kind of my question for you is, um, we talk a lot about um, how, oh, we should have won this week to an easy game, and yet we lose. When we're not the underdogs in the past three weeks, we've been losing. So with how crazy upsets have been in, you know, people are saying, like, oh, the Packers are going to win this game out of nowhere against the Bills. Right. Number one, do Bills typically look good after a bye week? Because I wonder. I'm pretty sure they, they do. Um, I think I'll, I'll check in a minute, but I, I remember checking a couple teams, and I think the Bills and most teams are like every the ones that I checked. They were all undefeated. <laughs> every every single one of them going back several years, like they just don't lose coming out of a bye. We are freaks in terms of our losing streaks coming out of byes. 
if you know, they, they kind of have that kind of fall off thing like the Packers have where you come out of the bye week really flat. And then also, what would it take for us to even be at a point where we can be competitive with the Bills? Because yeah. as it looks right now, I don't even think we're going to have a shot. Right. Not against that Bills defense. Right. Not against that Bills offense. I mean, if our defense would play like they did in Tampa, I'll be happy. But I really doubt it with how this play has been going. So, uh, yeah, let me know your thoughts and uh, appreciate you. Go back. Um. Yeah, I want to look up real quick a couple things on the bye week. I'm sure it's not as black and white as I'm making it, and I don't even know if it was the Bills necessarily. But I know we we faced several teams in a row coming out of a bye, and I just wanted to check, and it's like, oh, win, 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 win. So that sucks. I think there's a way I can kind of mass check this, though. So just going back to 2019, Buffalo is 3-0. and uh, The Packers are 1-2. Uh, um there are several teams. I mean, they're all bad teams that don't win coming out of a bye. Carolina, Chicago, Jacksonville, the Jets, and Philly, surprisingly, but only two seasons. Why does it say they had no bye weeks? I don't know. But yeah, um, Indy, Buffalo, Dallas, the Chiefs, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee are all undefeated. Uh, Patriots, Falcons, Browns, Broncos, Miami, New Orleans, Baltimore, 49ers, one loss and uh, two wins. So again, it's not perfectly black and white, but yeah, the 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 Buffalo Bills are 3-0 and the last three years. In terms of what it would take to have a shot, I got to take a look at the Buffalo Bills and exactly what it is they're doing and how they operate. But I, I really just think it comes down to pretty much every game. Our offensive line needs to be able to block. Uh, in order to win the game, we can't lose the game, and we will lose the game if we can't block. The offensive line is the most important piece. If you can't run the ball, and then we get into pass-happy mode, and they're blitzing or just bringing whatever they bring, and they're getting pressure, and Rodgers is under pressure, we're done. So that's number one. The offensive line has to have a good day. Unfortunately, there's a lot of steps beyond that because we saw that against Washington, and we still didn't see the offense operate because pretty much every facet of the game also didn't work. I mean, Aaron Jones hasn't been elite he's been fine but he hasn't been that like elite piece that we that we have had the last couple weeks especially running I mean as a receiver he's you know that touchdown reception was incredible um Dylan has not been the guy that we need the last several weeks the receivers have been bad in terms of running the wrong routes dropping passes constantly um and Rodgers has been bad uh fear of standing in the pocket and constantly scrambling uh, never going to a second read. I mean, it's getting insane the amount of times he just stares down the guy that he decides he's going to throw it to and then force feeds that guy. Uh, not finding the open guy because you're not looking anywhere but your primary read. Inaccurate throws. Bad decisions, you know. Um, seen now several times there's there's simple reads that you can make and he's not. Matt LaFleur, play calling, you know, decision making, uh, you know, what to challenge, what not to challenge. Play calling, running, passing style of running and passing you know aggression how aggressive do we want to be as opposed to you know just taking the points or punting or whatever i mean just decisional type things i mean all of these have been off so you know again the it sounds ridiculous to be like well everybody just needs to have a great game like we need rogers to be rogers we need these packers offensive line to be a good offensive line we need the running backs to be really good we need the wide receivers to at least run the correct routes and catch the passes that come to them we need the pass rush to rush the passer we need the coverage to be on point, and we need the, the special teams to be competent, and, and more than likely, we need them to be 
good in this game as much as the baseline for us is just be competent. I think in this game you have because field position is going to be massive. If we're starting at the the 25 and they're starting at the 35 consistently, we lose this game. We cannot give them short fields and we cannot give ourselves longer fields. Uh, offense needs to give the defense some kind of rest. You cannot just keep coming off the field constantly. Find ways to sustain drive. That happens if you make better decisions. Catch the ball. You know, maybe run on fourth and one. Just a thought. Or just punt. So again, that, that's not really a game plan. That's just everybody needs to be awesome, but that's it. I mean, just for the, for the rest of the season. You need to be more good than bad, and we've been more bad than good. You know, it's it's not a talent issue. It's it's just an execution issue. We it's not as though well we just don't have enough pieces. Maybe in some areas, you know, tight end, wide receiver, whatever. We don't exactly have ideal situation, but those are excuses. You got to execute. That's that's where I stand on that situation. Hey, right, Steve up in Alaska, and I would have called yesterday, but I was dealing with the whole emotional issue of another loss. Yep. You know, it's been a while since we had three in a row. But hey, as as I said in the earlier call that I made my rant, it's you know, we gotta we gotta start being a think to the future kind of team here. I know we're we're supposed to be about the here and now, but the last three years we were all in. We can't be all in every year. We can't keep doing that. We have to build a team that's sustainable. And part of that is having that those those main players and that that quarterback you know, like I said last time, we got to start thinking about getting another one. And if this is the way the season's going to be, you know, that Buffalo game coming up, that's probably a uh, another loss. That'll be four in a row. We've got to start thinking about draft pick, you know, at least there's fans. The team, yeah, I want the team still to work. I I was happy with certain aspects of the game. I don't know how, what you've done with your show yet. I haven't listened to them. I'm just, just got myself out and I got to go do some running around. But um, I thought the, the defense, you know, they played well. They looked like they were putting their all out there. They looked like there was excitement for what they were doing. Heck, even saw Lafleur on the sidelines a couple of times screaming and hollering at the, at the officials, which he doesn't do a lot of that. So that, that's even a positive. But again, the one thing I saw, where was Rodgers? Where was his excitement? Where was his pointing? Where was his yelling? Where was his talking to the guys on the sideline? You know, the camera's going to catch that. They're going to put that up because it's not something he does. They will put it up. And you never saw him over there really talking to guys, trying to get them motivated. He was all, you know, all pushing that it ain't over yet. It wasn't he did his press conference afterwards, but that doesn't do nothing during the game. So it's a, it's that tough time, a tough time of being a football fan where you almost got to be happy when they lose, which is a terrible feeling, terrible, terrible feeling. <laughs> but if it means a an opportunity to put us in a position where we can get, you know, another option at quarterback, you know, we don't know what love is yet. You know, I know everybody's pretty down on him. I am myself, but we don't know for sure. But if we can get another guy in here, so that means we got two options to look at instead of just one option to look at. You know, that's just what we got to try to look forward to. We got to stay positive about the future. I'm a I'm a long long run kind of guy. I'm, you know, it's not like we're, you know. Detroit, who, hey, if they got a championship, that would that suffice them for the next 20 years. You know, we're the Green Bay Packers. You know, we, we should be winners on a regular basis. That's what we do. You know, title town is title town for a reason. We got more than anybody else. I don't care about the Super Bowl mark on. We got more championships than everybody else. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing. I, I would like to know how you're feeling about it, you know, 
I'll end up listening to your show and I'll probably hear about it, but, you know, hopefully uh, you continue on. Sorry about that. He got cut off at the old three-minute mark. Here's what I'll say about the whole future thing, because obviously I think most people more or less know where I stand. I, I tend to be more future-oriented, but but a couple things. Number one, it, it's probably a tad early to 100% go all in on, on tanking the season, right? And, and again, my, my biggest issue, aside from just the pragmatic part, part of losing the team and everything else, and it'll be a disaster, also that we can get a, a top pick that doesn't really fix this, Maybe a quarterback. I don't know. A um, couple additional issues. Number one, it's very unlikely we beat Buffalo, right? But what if we do? I'm, I'm just saying, at that point, how much does everybody regret the let's tank the season, let's give up, let's trash Rodgers, let's get everybody out of here? We're going to have to 180 that pretty quick. Even if we look at it and go, that was kind of a fluke. Well, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I, who knows? I mean, what, what are the Bears right now? They beat the Patriots. Did they figure it out? Or was that a fluke? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what, though. If they can figure out how to, how to win a game, so can we. I'm not saying the Patriots and the Bills are the same. I'm just saying that was a historically bad offense that, that figured out how to put together a pretty competent-looking offense. Um. It changes things. And even if we don't beat Buffalo, there's other teams that are much more beatable than Buffalo. You know, Dallas is is um, a team that I don't at this point expect to beat. But what if, you know, if, if things start to click or whatever? So it's a little early to 100% give up. I will say at this point, I'm I'm 100% opposed to using future assets for this year whether that be, you know, restructuring contracts or even going out and getting free agents on longer term or or somewhat shorter term contracts, I guess, that that has more of a focus on how it helps us now at the expense of, you know, it's probably not the best and most prudent thing for next year. If it's not prudent for the future, I don't think I'm doing it. Um, again, until we can prove, you know, if we beat Buffalo and everything's great, except, you know, maybe we need a receiver. All right, cool. Let's, let's, let's look at that, you know. Um, I saw there were some rumors about the Packers potentially looking to make a move for a a receiver on his rookie contract. Now, that's nice because it, it's going to be expensive in terms of draft capital, but it's not going to be massively expensive in terms of actual uh, cap because he's on his rookie contract. Now, when that rookie contract expires, we have options. We can, we can utilize that as a... Um, short-term thing and just let them go and we lose the the draft capital which sucks but at least it doesn't damage our cap or the more prudent thing to do is to basically just say we're not paying any wide receivers for for a while you know i mean we don't have anybody that's worth anything so we can afford to pay them you know when you look at how much we pay wide receivers even if we give them a big contract you know assuming it's not going to be like a Devonte contract but say it's 22 million we're still paying less than most teams at the wide receiver position, and we went and got ourselves a halfway competent number one. I don't need to really or want to delve into the realism of is that does that person exist and is this a realistic thing? Because I don't know. I haven't looked at it, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not going to quit on the season. I'm going to let it ride out, but I'm not going to do anything else to damage the future to help this year because that just seems, I mean, we, we've already gone way too far in that direction. And it's looking like this was a massive disaster to try to go in one more year. Um, but 
but you know, we're, we're here now. We can't get out of it. Let's let it ride out and see what happens is kind of where I'm at. And, and I understand the, the draft pick thing. The last thing you want to do is end up as like a nine win team, right? You suck, you miss the playoffs and you're kind of middle of the first round. So your, your draft picks are marginally better than if you were picking at 22, 25, 30. So I get it, but, but you know, it's just in kind of wait and see mode. And, and I agree, I don't expect it to turn around, but but whatever. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I, I don't know. What's up, Brian? This is Blake's dad. Hey. Um, I really don't know what what to say or talk about. Um, Tigers kind of suck. Um, I guess I'm just calling, just to call. Um, I'm confused. Don't know. Don't, don't really know if they're going to pick up anything. Um, fishing talk was cool. I don't know. Maybe we can, maybe we can think of like what kind of fish the Packers would be. Like, what would Jair be? What would Rogers be? <laughs> what would Aaron Jones be? Like comparatively, I, I don't know. They're not, it's not really fun to talk about football right now. So fishing is the next best thing I like. I don't know. You can skip over this if it's weird, but it might be kind of fun to look at these dudes as fish i don't know i'm i'm feeling i'm i'm so i don't even know what to say all right later sorry bye apologizes i'm sorry i don't know uh i don't i don't know man um i mean there was definitely a time when you would call rogers a muskie right he's elusive you know the the fish of ten thousand casts or whatever they call it right it's so rare to ever acquire somebody like that i don't know if we can necessarily call him that right now um do we have a muskie on the team i i don't know i don't think so i mean when we're talking muskie we're talking peak aaron Rodgers. we're talking aaron donald we're talking you know i mean maybe we're talking rashawn gary because it's it's not like there's one in the world you know it's it's they're relatively common it's just hard to come by and it's somewhat rare so yeah maybe rashawn is a muskie um it's a lot of bluegills you know bluegills are just kind of the the guy that you can kind of pick up and plug anywhere there's there's tons of them all over the place. You know, Patrick Taylor, Jonathan Garvin, Isaiah McDuffie, um I don't know. Jack Coco maybe. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's just he's, he's just a dude, you know. I think that's the best I can do for him. There's probably a lot better answers. I just I can't really think maybe like Dobbs would be like a bass, you know. They they're not necessarily they're just like the most common thing that everybody wants. Like everybody goes bass fishing. That's what everybody wants to go get. What does everybody want in the NFL? They want wide receivers. So our wide receivers are all just bass. Some some are some are might maybe trophy bass, but uh, you know not all bass are great. You know Devontae is one of the ones that you pull out of that private pond down in Texas somewhere. You know just that freakish looking thing. Then you get some of the bass up north here in Wisconsin that you know they can get big, but it's not like the the Florida bass type of big. It's the best I can do, man. <laughs> and I apologize for doing a terrible job of that. Brian, this is Jimmy. I am calling in of sober mind to address the question that you asked, uh, which was, we speak about this team in a way that was supportive, but um, also honest yeah. and uh, not Pollyanna-ish, I think is what you're basically getting at. Um, Let me Google that. I think the answer is constructive criticism. I think it's calling people out when they need calling out, not because um, we don't think that they're capable of being better 
because uh, we hope that they will be. <laughs> We're going to say the same things about them that I would hope that they would say about themselves in an honest moment. And if that's what we're saying, then we are supporting our team the same way that we would hope that they are supporting our team as they our our excuse me as they are our team. I'm sure to say that one more time and get that clean for you. We are supporting our team as we would hope that they who are our team are working to support our team. Thanks. Thanks. Pollyanna is a 1930 novel by American author Eleanor H. Porter, considered a classic of children's literature. Never heard of it. Uh, What is being a Pollyanna mean? It says, or blindly optimistic person. Pollyanna syndrome, the name being taken from a book of the same title, means an excessively or blindly optimistic person. Uh, The occurrence and danger of such attitudes in psychotherapy is discussed. Interesting enough. Looks like there's a movie if you want to check it out and don't want to read that, which seems like the obvious answer, or just don't watch the movie either. Um, no, that makes sense, and I, I actually think we got a pretty good example of that. Uh, the, one of the more controversial things that's happened recently is Aaron Rodgers saying that if you're not doing the right things, maybe you should be getting less time on the field, and other guys should be getting more opportunities. That's something that a person in my position or a fan would say that, as as you rightly pointed out, is something that you would hope the team is also saying. These are conversations you would hope that they're having in terms of maybe we need to be given Amari more opportunities or less opportunities, depending on if we're talking special teams or wide receiver. Maybe Samori Ture should be getting more opportunities, whereas, I don't know, Dobbs is getting less or somebody that's just not quite doing the right things is getting less, If you know, um offensive offensive line you know I know he was real big with Elton Jenkins but he seems to be a massive liability maybe you know we we stick with Zach Tom see what he can do either at guard or possibly at tackle but I don't know then who would be a guard but you know you got Runyon and and Royce I guess I that doesn't seem much but you you get my point there's a lot of guys and and we kind of talked about it in terms of I know I'm going down a path with this one specific example here but um Talked about the rookies. You know, Devontae Wyatt is showing a lot of hustle. I don't know exactly who he'd replace. I think the defensive tackles are actually doing a pretty good job. I don't see a lot of low effort. I see mistakes, but I, I see a lot of high effort from from everybody. Uh, Jaron Reed, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, um, and Wyatt. But but that's sort of the example that I'm, I'm talking about. Rudy Ford. You know, I don't know their assessment of Darnell Savage. But if it's anywhere near the assessment of pretty much everybody else, um, maybe Rudy should get more opportunities. You know what I mean? So I think things like that make a lot of sense. Um, if you're if you're doing that, but that's that's a decent metric as far as I can tell, and I, I will try to try to walk that path. So I appreciate the call. Did you say your name is Jimmy? I have you down as Aaron number two. Let me replay that again. Brian, this is Jimmy. Jimmy? Why do I have you down as Aaron? Aaron number two, nonetheless. You're, you're not even like the Aaron. You're like the other Aaron. Sorry, dude. You are officially that, though. Hey, Ryan. Trevor, Virginia. Hey, uh, man. All optimism from last week is now lost. Yeah. Bye. They're going to get together called Team Dumb now. Um, 
Yeah, I live by now. I think that feel. We almost went to this game. I'm glad we didn't go for that terrible performance. The defense did a good performance. Um, we obviously need to play better. Um, however, the rest are still a problem. Uh, I'm not going to say, say the rest lost the game for us, but that uh, scoop and score should have counted. I mean, such a ticky deck call on Stokes, and then you have the, the commentators trying to justify it. But um, I just settled that uh, I'm becoming a Bears fan now because the only joy I get Watching football on the weekends is seeing Tampa Bay lose, not seeing my team win. So, right. Oh, uh, yeah. This is uh, Packers still my team. Hoping they get it together, but it's getting comical at this point how, how we're playing. And, you know, I mean, I felt like Rodgers was pretty accurate today. Receivers dropping passes, especially Dobbs. Dobbs was a huge disappointment to me today. The dude, he couldn't have caught it if he had super glue on his hands. So, all right. Go back, go. Yeah, and again, you know, it's it is frustrating, and it's somewhat new territory to have to figure out. You know, going especially this game. You know, we haven't gone into a game this big of underdogs. Um, you know, I posted it somewhere on Twitter or whatever. This is in in Aaron Rodgers' entire career, we've never seen this in his tenure. We have, but it was like Matt Flynn and um, uh, Brett Hundley, I believe, were the two quarterbacks. We were bigger underdogs. But it, we're not used to this, where it's like you have no chance. So, again, you, you go in and, and understand, as I said, that there is an opportunity to enjoy this game in a way that you've never really had the opportunity to do before, which is rather than going in saying, you know, I expect this to be a win, and it's a disaster if it isn't, go in saying, I expect this to be a loss, but what if? You know what I mean? Like, what if we win this game? We know about any given Sunday. Would Would you put... Pick any other game. Would you put ten grand on any other game, no matter how big of underdogs? Of course not. Of course not. In fact, um, I actually bet relatively heavily. I didn't take the points because I'm like, nah, I don't really know. But one thing I do know for sure is the Bears will lose to the Patriots. They didn't, and it wasn't even close. So, you know, I obviously didn't put a ton on that, but I wanted to have some action on it for the fun of it. And... um yeah, they, they, they got spanked. Um, happens all the time. It really does. You know, right now we're 11-point dogs. Obviously, most of the time an 11-point dog is going to win, but we had Tampa was 13-point favorites over Carolina. Carolina won. That just happened. So that's part of it, right? The, the, that feeling. Now, granted, they could come out, go three and out. The other team comes out, gets a touchdown. and At that, at that point, it's hard to remain hopeful and be like we can still do it it's like no here we go same old crap you know it's a third and two and we pass the ball and it gets dropped like oh here we go here we go but the 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 secondary thing is to kind of just kick back and say i'm just going to enjoy it for what it is you know 15 yard completion i'm going to cheer touchdown i'm going to cheer interception sack i'm going to cheer a victory probably won't end up cheering might not even finish the game we'll see how it goes it's all you can do you know and then on top of that like you said yeah the the get a lot of joy out of hopefully watching other teams that you don't like lose would be another perk. I don't know what else to do, but anyways, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast, fertilegroundranch.org. If you'd like to support that ministry, 608-501-0718. If you'd like to call in and say hi and tell me how you're doing, that'd be great. Otherwise, we will take a break. We will be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Brian. It's Brian from Connecticut. Hey, Brian. Just finished listening to today's pod after listening to Clayton's pod. And I have a few thoughts for you. Number one, totally, totally relate to your perspective on how winning has been a relief over the last couple of years and not really being able to enjoy it. And hopefully this changes things moving forward. Now, that being said, let me stay in my previous self for a few minutes. I was listening to Clayton's pod when you guys talked about Jair tackling out of bounds. What if he does? How much time do the Packers have to get into field goal position instead of trying the hook and ladder and ladder and hook and ladder and hook and ladder? Um, yeah, just had to bring it up. Really two questions for you. Number one, how do you feel about the Colts going to their backup quarterback now that they think their season's over? Number two, if we lose Sunday night, would you trade – Aaron Jones. Probably one of the few guys we can get anything for. All right. Just want to know your thoughts. Thanks, Ryan. Um, I, I, I think I missed the first part. You, so I think we had five seconds left, right? Uh, something to that effect. And you're saying maybe we should have tried to run a play and, and get a field goal. That was, that was kind of my question was, would they try that? My fear was there's a very real possibility, especially just the way that the offense is and, you know, just doing stupid stuff that um, somehow they'd find a way for this to end up being six, seven seconds and we don't get time to kick a field goal and we look like complete idiots. Um, I will say I'm shocked that this is the second time we've tried the stupid hook and ladder thing that just never works, Um, like ever. Uh, Twice in my life I've seen that, like a highlight of that happening. Although it did look like it was potentially going to work if Rodgers could have just completed a pass, but of course, but alas... If there was anything uh, more poetic, it's the fact that that whole thing failed because Rodgers let it hit the ground. Number one question. Uh, the first question, how do I feel about the Colts going to their backup quarterback? This, there's, you know, it's really strange because we're seeing a lot of this. Um, you know, in Carolina, obviously it was kind of forced on them, but the backup came in and did really good job. Um, in New England, Mac Jones gets benched and they run with Bailey Zappi. 
now that apparently they're bringing Mac back, but you know that that was sort of the situation. Like, hey, you suck. We're going to put the other guy out, and he, I guess, did a better job. I don't know. And now you've got the Colts saying we're going to try out our young guy. I, I guess I don't know what I think. It'll it'll be very interesting to watch it to see if there's some kind of a spark. I I just doubt it. Here's the issue that I I see. Specifically with the Packers, it may be less so with the Colts because there's no real attachment to Matt Ryan. He was a guy they went out and got in free agency, and it's not working. And then they've got a young guy that I'm sure many of the fans are thinking, hey, let's at least see what this guy can do. Again, that's happening in Green Bay, but it's very different. Matt Ryan is not Aaron Rodgers, and I don't even mean that to say that Rodgers is infinitely better, especially the way he's playing this year. But um, it's it's just the the, the perception is going to be terrible. If if Sam Ellinger goes out and he doesn't perform well, I feel like the the general theme will be, oh, well, it was worth a shot. You got a young guy. Why don't you develop him? It's not a big deal. Matt wasn't getting anything done, so whatever. Um, maybe he fits the scheme better, or, or, you know, it's even if it fails, it's worth developing the young guy. Matt Ryan was just a short-term fix, and he didn't fix anything, so what's the big deal? In Green Bay, if we switch to Jordan Love and it fails and it will, that's a disaster. The perception is going to be, these guys don't know what they're doing. The problem was never Aaron Rodgers. You know, you guys think that he was the problem. And now you put Jordan Love out there and that guy has never proven anything. And for what? And now you've lost Rodgers and now you've lost the locker room and the leadership and and, and you, you're stuck with Love. You know what I mean? It's just, it's going to be really, and, and I'm not even saying that you're implying that. It will be interesting to watch. I just think we're in a very different situation. Even like in Tampa, would they dare bench Brady? I kind of feel like even there they would more so. Just because Brady's like 100% gone after this year, there's less of a tie. Like that that era has passed. We brought in Brady and everybody else was a complete free agent. This was just an all-in, go out and buy everybody. And when it's done, it's done. We we ship everybody out. And that was kind of an understood thing. It's it's a short-term burst of, of being good. And then everybody leaves and, and we go back to normal. Green Bay is in a, in a weird spot where, yeah, Rodgers is kind of short-term, but, you know, some people think he might stick around for three years or something, so you don't want to kick him out. And, you know, we can still turn this thing around, and Rodgers is our biggest asset. On top of that, we're not shipping everybody off when Rodgers leaves. We, we A lot of the core players are young players and you you don't want to do anything to lose them so i i just i don't know again it'll be interesting to watch and see what happens you know if 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 the the backups come in and just routinely are doing better it really shouldn't have any impact on our decision i guess but it's just it'll just be interesting um but again i i i understand the jordan love thing from a pragmatic standpoint from a standpoint of where this isn't going anywhere it's better to fail with Jordan Love to see what we have. If we tank, perfect, because that means that we know Jordan Love's not the guy. We can move on from Rodgers and we can draft the quarterback. If he is the guy, then we know that we got the guy. It's win-win. You know, riding out the season, winning eight games with Rodgers is winning nothing. He leaves, the locker room suck, we suck, no draft picks. You know, I mean, it's just, from for, again, that's all pragmatic. That's if, if this is, if everybody's just a robot and nobody cares, yes, I would do that. But it's it's not... A bunch of robots. These are these are people, and the media are going to do things, and the guys in the locker room are going to do and say things. Their desire to stay here on a team that doesn't support their leaders and all that stuff. You know, you know, I don't. Who knows what kind of narratives get built uh, surrounding this? 
And and you know, Rogers is uh, things have been rocky, but but as of right now, we we have the ability to leave on very good terms and to have him stick around and um, you know, support the team and keep doing the the Rogers Tuesday thing where he doesn't just completely throw our entire team under the bus and then that's like, "Oh crap, that sucks." It it kind of just feels like let's just survive this season mode, I guess is where I'm at. But I will be keeping an eye on how many backups can come in and improve things. You know, I mean, the Steelers are another example. Are they actually better? I don't know. But I don't know too many places where they go in a different direction. And it's like, oof, that was horrible. We got to go back. I'm sure it's happened. But again, we're in a unique situation here that I, I, I just think it's not going to, it's not a thing that we can do. Should do, could do, very different things. Hey, y'all, this is Dakota, that nerd over in Tennessee. What's up, nerd? Um, yeah, I, I, w- I could have gone a few directions with this call. I thought about doing a, a Goose Braba call, and if you get that reference, that's that's awesome, hilarious movie. Okay. Uh, where I say, you know, it's chill. It's, it's just football. The Packers suck. But, hey, we're all still good. No, I actually really like what you said about um, – Finding finding happiness in the small things. Uh, very much one of the rules in uh, uh, Zombieland. But okay. yes, finding happiness in the small things. So I did. Is that is that a goal of theirs during the zombie apocalypse? Is to try to find joy in the little things? Like, um, well, never mind. Thing. Uh, I looked at all of the wide receivers that were drafted in the first two rounds of the 2022 NFL draft. Um, and I uh, had a minimum target of 20 targets, uh, so that, that limited us to five of the receivers taking the first two rounds. Okay. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, Alec Pierce, and Jahan Dotson. Um, now, an outlier would be Dotson because he only has 22 targets because he's only played four games because yep. he's been injured, but... Surprisingly, he's had the most touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns. Anyway, looking at all of these, um, I compared all of them to Romeo Dobbs. Now, Dobbs is right up there with the receptions. You know, Drake London has 44 targets. Romeo Dobbs has 42 targets. Uh, Dobbs has 26 receptions. London has 26 receptions. So, obviously, Drake London's been killing it. Um you know, Dobbs is right up there with him in those numbers. Now, let's see, who is it? George Pickens is the one with the highest percentage of targets reeled in at 65% of targets. Dobbs is actually third now. He was first by far before this past game where everything was terrible and we all got sat again. Yeah. Um, he was actually at about six, almost 69%. Mm. Uh, target percentage or target catch percentage. Um, but he went down with four targets and zero receptions. He went down to 61.9%. So now he's tied with the third highest target reception percentage. I don't know. I just, I just think, you know, we got him the fourth round. He's killing it. He's up there in the Drake London and Garrett Wilson and George Pickens stat levels. So, um, yeah. Something to be happy about. Y'all have a nice one. Thank you, Dakota. Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to compare, honestly, because you know you've got Drake London who is going over to Atlanta to be the guy. Uh, especially now that apparently the tight end's doing nothing. 
over there. I don't exactly know the situation. Haven't cared enough to figure it out aside from fantasy football people are having a panic attack about it. But he and Chris Olave and, and even Pickens, um, you know, the, the expectation is you are the guy. And Christian Watson, they kind of hoped would be the guy maybe, but he was still never going to be more than number two. Beyond that, they went out and got a speed guy in Sammy Watkins that they liked. Obviously, Randall is still going to be a major part of the offense. Christian Watson ends up getting hurt a lot, so he misses all training camp. You know the whole story. He's been hurt twice, I think, since. Um, and then Dobbs, you know, he's he's not Lazard. He's not Cobb. He's not Watkins. He's just, at best, kind of one of the number two kind of guys, I guess. You know, there, there really isn't a uh, a desire to make him a, a major part of the offense. They they did it once, and, and that's where all his stats exploded, the one game where he had seven receptions or whatever. But they just haven't really done that. And, and, and I, don't, I don't know that they will necessarily moving forward very much because Rodgers has tried to force-feed him, it seems like, a couple other times, and it just doesn't really work as well, whether that be just, you know, things just not going well with the route running, the the hands have become a problem for Dobbs a little bit, and uh, the throws are have been off. So it's just a combination of you know, wanting to force feed the guy because we want to believe, you know, Rodgers included to believe that this is a guy that can really elevate the team and can be that guy that can separate and elevate and, you know, be above and beyond what everybody else is. It just doesn't seem like he's exactly there. He's he's okay, but he's there with, you know, everybody else at best. So, you know, I mean, it, that's, that's a difference. And it, it just, it also still, you know, again, you got, Bears fans and Vikings fans chuckling about, oh, you guys got Christian Watson. Dude, Christian Watson, we, we don't know what's going to happen with Watson yet. Um, I forget who it was. Somebody just recently posted the quote that Aaron Rodgers had about Christian Watson and just how much he really likes the guy, you know, in terms of his just wa- going back and watching the tape and just saying, you know, wow. Even even in some ways comparing him to Devontae in terms of like we we haven't really had a guy since Devonte, I think he said that about Dobbs, but uh, there was some some line about Devonte in there as well. I think. Let me just find it because now I'm just rambling nonsense. It was Zach Cruz that posted it, but it's uh, he said he needs to get fully healthy. But I hope the Packers can unleash Christian Watson soon. This was 12 about a month ago. Aaron Rodgers quote: "Look, I tell you, he's got special speed. He really does. He's got incredible stride length." Said Rodgers. When you watch some of the film back, it's similar to watching Devonte his rookie year. You know, there were games where I didn't give Devontae a ton of looks, but you go back and watch the film and you're thinking, man, this guy is open often. It's like that from time to time with Christian. There are a few routes, I mean, not as much as Devontae. I just think Devontae was a little more polished route runner as a rookie. But there are a few times when I might need to give him a second look, even when things don't look great from the start because he does have a little different type of speed. But we're finding ways to use him, I think. And again, we have to have patience. And and that is the key. And it's true of Dobbs too. You know, it's it's true of Dobbs in terms of they have special traits but we can't necessarily force it. We we have to come up with a plan, and especially with Christian. I mean, do you go into a game against Buffalo and say Christian's going to be our guy? That's a heck of a risky proposition. So probably not. He's a part of it, but you're probably going to relegate him to running fast down the field and running fast across the line of scrimmage and occasionally we'll dump you off the ball. Maybe once we'll take a shot, but, um, you know, they're just in different places and it's it's a different environment. You know, if Romeo Dobbs or or if Christian Watson were healthy and on a team that didn't have, you know, say he went to the Chiefs where they're looking to replace uh, Tyree, 
you know, I know they got MVS, but let's just say they don't. And they, they really just want that guy and he was healthy. Do, you know, what are the odds that maybe he would light it up over there? Or in Miami where they got Tyreek, you know, a place where they want to just uncork it and drive it deep down the field. Whatever team happens to be most successful at that right now, I don't know. You know, there, there is a chance that he already would be a superstar in a different environment, in a different situation. So I'm not as worried about it. I, I, I know you're, you're generally saying positive things, but I'm just saying positive or negative. We'll see. You know, people are going nuts about uh, Pickens before the guy even did anything. He had one catch for like 30 yards for two weeks, but because one of them was a one-handed catch, we got to pretend he's a stud. Then the new quarterback comes in, he loves him, and he's force-feeding him, and Pickens goes straight to the top. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, if if you, especially if you're on a bad team and you're a young guy with, you know, security blanket issues, you, yeah, you, you force-feed a guy, but we are not doing that. And, um, you know, as much as Dobbs is a competent guy, and Watson is hurt. If you look at our, our team with Aaron Jones and, and all the other guys that we have, I don't think you look at it and go, we have to go to Dodds. We have no other options. That's not really the case. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey, Craig. Um, a few random thoughts. I, uh, I'm in kind of your camp uh, as far as giving up on the season. They just have not demonstrated anything this year to give me confidence that they're going to turn it around. Even in our wins, um, they haven't been overly impressive. So right. I'm not sure I'm not sure why I would think it's going to change dramatically. And our schedule is getting really, really tough. And I know some people have, have uh, harkened back to previous years where we had this kind of record and then we, you know, ended the season really strong, but I'm not sure if our play was as bad as it is now. And I don't know if our competition was as tough as what we're going to be facing in the next few weeks. Um, another thought is I, I, at this point, I, sorry, I missed the pause button there. Uh, just want to comment on that. Yeah, no, yeah, that that's, it's entirely possible. They turn it around. It's just a matter of, is there anything that you can look at that gives you the impression that they will? I mean, the best thing is, well, you can see the talent, but what what is there that says they're they're growing and they're improving? Because the biggest thing is execution. We've been hearing that all year. Guys are just not doing it. They're making mistakes, whether that be physical or mental errors. You know, running the wrong route, blocking the wrong guy, or just dropping the pass. Uh, even if there's growth in terms of you know Quay looks really good and Devontae Wyatt is making strides and you know certain things seem to be getting better here or there or whatever you know the 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 defense in terms of coverage is looking more aggressive and, and you know they're blitzing the linebackers more and the coverage is tighter and whatever even still it doesn't mean anything if we're going to be making this many mistakes this often and I don't see growth in that area so yeah that that's sort of my thought is it can happen but I, I I would be curious to know, because it's easy to, to just say whatever you, you want to say, right? We, we can say, I believe in this team. I love this team. We can say, I hate this team. I don't think anything's ever going to happen. But I wonder how many opinions would change if, if we took, you know, five grand out of somebody's account or, or all the money that they have out of their account and put it on the table and say, you tell me what you think is going to happen. Make a bet. Make a wager right now. Are they going to turn this around or not? I wonder if that would change how people would answer the question. Because again, you can say whatever you want, but do you actually believe it? I don't know. And it's the same with, with negativity too. I, I don't think we're going to win any more games this year. We're that bad. If I took 10 grand out of your account, slapped it on the table and said, are you willing to bet 
that they don't win a single game. It's a little unfair, but but you know, would would do is that honestly what you think? Again, it's a little unfair because you know one game, whatever. But if I if I just made you pick, tell me how many games you think they're going to win. You have to be right, or I'll, I'll you know give you two guesses or whatever. Would zero be your guess? I don't think it would. I think you'd kind of reel it in and be like, okay, well, if ten grand's on the line, let's be a little bit more realistic. I mean, I, I do think we're bad, but we probably sneak one or two. I'll, I'll say we win two or something. You know what I mean, though? I mean, it's just people people can just say stuff. But I'm curious, if something serious was on the line, would that be exactly your position? And I just struggle to believe that too many people with, with their entire life savings on the line would bet that this gets turned around. Maybe, maybe. I just, again, I'm, I'm just looking for some information to, to point me in that direction. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm just not seeing it. So that's just my current stance. But again, we, it's entirely possible we beat Buffalo and that changes everything. And now we have that thing to rally around and, and to, you know, sh- we show the world and we're going to win the whole thing. And man, if we win the Super Bowl, Packer fans are going to be pulling receipts for decades. It's going to be just incredible. You know, rather than enjoying it, we're going to use that as, as a way to, kill everybody but um you know i again it's it's just it's just simply a matter of what makes the most sense for me i hope we don't go out and spend much money on a receiver yeah um i just don't see that as being the biggest issue for this uh for this team i know we do have lots of injuries but um Again, when we have those uh, some of the offensive line issues, when Rodgers is throwing it into the ground or out of bounds or 10 yards past people, I just don't see how another receiver solves those issues. Um, my third point was a, uh, a question. When the, what's the timing of making a decision on Jordan Love? Because um, I thought we have to make some commitment for his his last year. I just didn't know what that timing is. I don't know if you know the deadline for that. Um, so just kind of curious about that and if that might enter into some of their thoughts as the season wanes um, to, to do something with him. All right. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. So um, he does have one more year on his contract in 2023. But I know in 2022, I just Googled this. Um, this year, if you wanted to exercise a fifth-year option, it needed to be done by May 2nd. So next year by May, we'll have to decide if if we're going to exercise a fifth-year option. And again, that's part of the issue with not playing him. Because at this point, I don't think you do exercise his option. Um, maybe that depends on Rodgers, but I don't think it should. I mean... Again, we've his fourth year is next year. Let's just say Rodgers leaves. Why would you give him a fifth year? You're going to give him this year to to play um and evaluate and then decide. I mean, if if he's the guy, then you pay him to be the guy. You don't have any problem paying a guy to be the guy if he's the guy. But um you know, if he's not, then you don't have him on this fifth-year option that you have to deal with. Now, the other way to look at it is maybe you want more than one year of evaluation or one year to solve your your issues, you know? Um, in other words, maybe we realize he's not the guy, but do we want to put ourselves in a situation where we need the guy today or else? I don't know. But I just feel like without really getting a chance to see where he's at, 
to in some extended kind of a way. I'm talking three, four, five, six games because one, you know, a half a game or one game or whatever. That's stupid. That doesn't mean anything. Um, even even a full season. I mean, we're talking three years before you really get to know a quarterback. We haven't seen more than what two games. But but it is what it is. The point is, without seeing him, I just feel like we 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 will choose not to exercise the option. And then if Rodgers does come back next year, we won't get a chance to see him next year. And then we then we have a real tough decision. And it's probably going to largely depend on Rodgers. If he comes back one more year, um, then we have a quarterback. And so we we just focus on finding a new quarterback and we don't pay to keep Jordan around. Uh, we may begin that process next year regardless and just call it competition. You know, we we, we always draft best player available. It just so happened to be a quarterback and we, we love the competition we love Jordan. We believe in Jordan, and we 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 hope for the best in terms of uh, at the end of this coming away with the best possible quarterback. And I'm confident both of them will have great careers in the NFL. You know, you throw out some garbage platitudes or whatever, but you know, it, it's it's like everything else. They're kind of in a tough spot. You know, there is no ideal situation aside from I don't want to say moving on from Rodgers, but if something were to happen and you get the opportunity then to. Um, evaluate love and and make a decision one way or another but i don't think that's going to happen all right let's do uh let's do one more we we're making some headway here but we will do one more and then we'll call it hello ryan it's travis again from fredericksburg virginia what's going on just calling with a few thoughts uh post game um i mean i guess it's the same that everybody feels right it's it's bad (laughs) it's real bad um, but as you saw earlier, uh, I did go to the game. Um, some pros, right? Yeah, let's do some pros. Do it. Uh, both the Packers touchdowns on offense, uh, were right in front of us. Ew. Um, like I said, we were a couple rows off the field right behind the sideline, but we were towards the uh, end zone on the Packers side. But, uh, yeah, that fourth quarter touchdown to Jones, uh, we were able to see that entire play break down where, you know, Rodgers got flushed out. Jones saw that. He was standing right in front of us when he saw that, and he hit that wheel route down to the corner of the end zone, and Rodgers was able to flush out that side and lost it up. And, whew, I mean, let's be real. Game yeah, sucked all around, but, that's hey, cool. that was that was real fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, I was even able to find myself on the uh, Packers Instagram reel where nice. they showed the replay of the touchdown. You could see me and my girlfriend in the background getting hyped. You should uh, grab that. Post it online, like on Twitter or something, and, and tag me in that, or or Instagram. I I might not see it on Instagram, but um, yeah, we'll we'll share that around. That's kind of cool. Because uh, <laughs> there wasn't much else to get hyped for in that game. Um, but uh, another pro, uh, I ate a fuck. Uh, sorry, uh, I ate a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. Um, because you know, like I said, we spent a little extra bucks on the seats. Came with complimentary food and non-alcoholic beverage. Um. So you best believe that I took care of some hot dogs yeah, um, man. because you know what sadness leads to. Sadness <laughs> leads to comfort, and comfort is food. Man, don't uh, I know it. So, yeah, uh, that was uh, kind of the, the biggest pros from the game because there wasn't a lot else to take away. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my dad, he he, he kind of got back into uh, football a little bit. Nice. And his old, his old boys in the, the burgundy and gold, you know, Stomp us up and down the field in the second half. Uh, sure, that felt it was, great. It was tough. It was tough to get the 
the nagging on by him, but at the same time, it was nice to see my old man get back into the sport that he used to love and has since not loved because, you know, Washington is Washington. Right. Um, but, you know, they sure got our numbers, so who am I to talk? Um, but yeah, I'm pretty ho-hum about all this. I, I want to be optimistic. It's hard. But, you know, Ryan, I ain't giving up on this year. We're going to come back. We're going to do it. I believe. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know when. But <laughs> we're going to do it. Um, hey, Ryan, hope you have a good one. Go back, go. Yeah, I mean, do whatever you got to do, man. I mean, it, there's – I don't know what else there is to do. Sorry about the stomping. I don't know where uh, where the rhino came from. But um, I, I see no reason, and this is the direction I want to start going. I'm, I'm a day behind, unfortunately, with uh, the podcast after taking a day off. But, you know – Rather than looking at it from the standpoint of, well, we know we're not going to win, but whatever, this is stupid, everything's stupid. Um, let's look at it with a clean slate. Here's where what the Packers are. Um, my, you know, not not acknowledging the mistakes because obviously you can overcome not you know getting a million penalties and, and mental errors and everything else, but just. Genuinely, this is what we are. These are our strengths and these are our weaknesses. These are their strengths and weaknesses because, you know, we're, we we are human and so are they. They're not superhuman machines and are susceptible to bad days and decisions and everything else. And so we uh, go into it, not, not saying we're going to stomp them necessarily. Maybe we'll do that on Sunday. Sometimes it's fun to get a little carried away. But just look, this is what we got to do. And if we do it, we got a shot. And if we don't, well, then we better hope that they just lay one of the biggest eggs that has ever been seen on a football field. But, you know, I mean, let's just start with this. Man, the, I swear they just grabbed those chairs and just started dragging them back and forth in the, in the kitchen. I'm positive that's what... It doesn't make sense. It is a continuous just... Let's just look at this for, a, for just a minute. Bill's offense, right? Super, super, super scary. Number two offense overall for the season, right? In the last four weeks, they hung 38 on Pittsburgh. Aside from that, 19, 23, and 24 are the scores that they have put up. Three out of their last four games, their offense really didn't look all that special. And so, yeah, Buffalo is officially, for the season, the number two scoring offense in football. But since week three, do you know where they rank? 18th. The Packers rank 21st. Still got a solid defense, but their number one defense goes down to number two. So number two defense in terms of points, number 18 offense since week three. So we're just cutting out the first two weeks is all we're doing. And remember, that's with one 38-point game mixed in. So, I mean, if you look at those three games with, you know, the, the offense is solid, or the, the, the defense is solid. They, they've only given up, like, at most about 20 points. They gave up 20 to Kansas City, 20 to... Baltimore and 21 to Miami. Okay. Well, the offense in those games scored 19, 23, and 24, which led to one loss, one three-point win, and one four-point win. So what do we got to do? We got to play enough defense to keep them from getting a 30-point game or a 40-point game and enough offense to get to about 20 to 24 points. Does that feel impossible? I mean, I know it feels impossible from the standpoint of, oh, come on, our defense is really going to hold them to 20 points or 19 points. Yeah, because it's happened three out of the last four weeks for them. Why can't the Packers do that? At least, we at least should be adequate enough to pull that off. The biggest question, I think, for me is offense. Can our offense get to 24 against this defense? I don't know. But 
You want a glimmer of hope? There it is. We'll leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 